0: Yes, yes. Welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about fly lines, and in particular, we're going to talk about the Rio Chucker line. What the heck is that, you may ask? We're going to tell you all about it. In a nutshell, it's the preferred line of choice at Pyramid Lake, and especially at Pyramid Flyco. We'll tell you everything about this line, what makes it so great, and what makes it an essential part of the indicator game at pyramid lake and why it helps us catch big fish the stuff rocks we'll be joined by alex ramirez of rio products to give us some further insight and intel on the line and of course we have a fantastic discussion about burritos a northern california burrito well kinda it's one that comes out of mammoth so it's sort of north, kind of central, and then a Southern California burrito. That's a burrito discussion you do not want to miss. Thank you to our sponsors Pyramid Fly Co., of course, Rio Fly Lines, and our special recording studio today Battleborn Beer in Reno, Nevada. Tastes like Nevada. Thanks for all the help, boys. So sit back and take in all this knowledge. Let's go. Right, and welcome to another episode of Burritos Breaks and Flies. Today, we have a pretty extraordinary guest, a fellow that I've gotten to know uh, over, well, it's been, well, I'm almost a year, I think. I don't know, but he's pretty well known in the industry. <laughs> uh, and this is Mr. Alex Ramirez. And Alex is an industry rep for many different brands, but today we're going to focus on one in particular and that is rio as we'll be talking about the the chucker line so thanks for joining us alex
1: yeah man thanks for having me dude excited to be here
0: awesome awesome so i brought you on board because i i think we need to kind of talk a little bit about the rio switch chucker line and it is a line that we use exclusively with our indicator setups with pyramid flyco at pyramid lake um and we have a pretty pretty unique setup and you're 100% aware of it but i thought this was a- an important topic because i see quite a few folks really really struggling with their indicator game at pyramid lake to the point of it, it i developed this immense frustration watching them cast like i I kind of start losing my mind, like wondering why people are doing what they're doing. And I get it, you know, Alex, there's exceptions, you know, people come out there that it's not their primary fishery. They're bringing what they have and they're dealing with it. Right. But at the same time, I'm talking about people I see over and over again, doing the same thing over and over again. And it's really, it degrades their day because they're, trying to cast indicator rigs with multiple bugs on them you know of varying weights whether it's leeches or midges or whatever the heck they're throwing and they're getting tangled up you know they're busting rigs off on the beach on the rocks and we i mean we have a pretty strict rule i mean we're 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 not overhead cast if we overhead cast is because we're we're throwing streamers we're throwing beetles you know we're stripping right uh, that's of course right but the indicator game is a is a significant piece of the equation at pyramid lake and we found unique ways to do it and rio delightfully enough has a solution for that and for us it is the rio chucker line um along with an add-on and we'll let you talk about that a little bit but maybe maybe you could kind of give us a little descriptive of what you know what, what is the chucker line and you know how how you recommend that to people because it's it's funny. As awesome as the combo is, I feel for a lot of people it's still kind of an unknown factor out there. Even even to some Yeah, with, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, totally. Which, you know, it's interesting. That I mean, now that i moved up to Northern California, I've probably been here. Know, five six years. I mean, I moved all up and around California, but uh, was in Truckee when I moved from Southern California up here, and you know heard about Pyramid Lake, knew the whole thing, and I really don't know where that chucker line started with the guys out there fishing to the indicators. But like you said, I mean, it should be used by everybody throwing indicators, and um, and that's what the line was developed for. It was a switch line meant for switch rod, so any. Two-handed rod under 12 feet. This is a perfect line for it. And what I like about it, it's it's got a 25 foot head, but this head is extremely powerful. And then there's a 14 foot handling section on the back end. And that's you know when you're ready to make your cast, you have your little orange um, marker on there, and that's a little bit of the overhang. And then you know you make your cast, but that short 25 foot head is so heavy. That when you come into your D leap or your D- your D loop for your roll cast, it mm-hmm. just loads the rod so well, and then allows you to make you know a really significant cast. Um, and what's wild is you know when we developed this line, or when Rio developed this line, they they had it in mind to add the mo tip, but you can actually use it without the mo tip, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And you know a lot of these guys that are. Indicator fishing with switch rods. Some of these guys are doing it from a drift boat, you know. So, you know, being able to be on the water and just pick up your rod and flip it out there is actually really easy and effective um, for short strikes. But adding that 10 foot mo tip on there, it actually gives you a little more opportunity to um, set a more of a solid anchor down when you're doing a spay cast or you know modified roll cast, right. and it allows you to really launch that thing out there and you know i'm sure you've seen people out on the ladders fishing with a 10 foot motip which is you know when we talk about motip it's it's the it's a line that rio makes it's 10 feet of level line it's floating um and there's a grain weight associated with it but it's just a loop-to-loop connection it just allows you Uh, we have different rates of of sync to these lines. So some are floating, some are intermediate, some are type three, type five, type seven, you know, and so on and so forth. But the name of the game out there in pyramid is that 10 foot floating piece to go with your indicator rig. Um, But I've seen these lines with and without a tip being cast from a ladder or from the rocks and see a 15 foot further cast just with the tip alone. I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable to, to see the difference in just having that 10 feet out there. But, I mean, this game of fishing for the the cutthroat out of Pyramid, um, this is the line to have by far. And I've tried other lines out there that we make for indicator fishing, and they're great, but nothing is exceptional like this is switch checker line. And I think it's just the overall weight of it, you know, just how it's distributed how it loads the rod, how it turns over. I mean, it's just a, a perfect setup.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, I mean, obviously it sounds biased. (laughs) I mean, you're, (laughs) you're with Rio, but quite honestly, it's, 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 this is cleverly unbiased because I've worked with, with other lines and there's, there's a lot of, like you said, in, in the Rio selection, there's great lines, You know, other manufacturers come up with their versions of lines and stuff, whether it's, you know, still water focused or whatnot, but -hmm. this one really hits it on the head and it really hits it on the head for a unique fishery like, like pyramid Lake. And I I know it has other applications. You mentioned, you know, back up a little bit, the line wasn't developed for pyramid Lake, (laughs) you know, this line was, this line was developed with other things in mind. It was designed, like you mentioned, a drift boat, um, it was so
1: steelhead, steelhead, uh switch line,
0: right? Is what it was developed for, right? Yeah, and and I, and I could see that. That's it, it's a wonderful development, but it, it's home. Its home is on the river, and like you said, its home is with with the steelhead. Its home is with somebody maybe even chasing salmon and stuff like that. However, right. now now we apply it to here. So maybe a few reasons on why we use it at at pyramid, and you could back me up on this. One, yes, it's that castability. Um, it does have superior performance when you compare it to any other line. Um, the other part is our weather conditions at Pyramid Lake, mm-hmm. majority of the time, and you can attest to this we have wind conditions, we have wind events, and weather events that make any other line very difficult to deal with almost uh, cast prohibitive. Like, you mm-hmm. if you went there just with a regular you know, 200 grain weight forward floating line with the indicator set up and you had a 20 mile per hour wind. Well, depending on which way that wind's blowing, if it's not blowing from your back, it's probably going to send you home. And that's a bummer right. because, you just, a yeah, you yeah. just can't, you just can't get in the zone. And just for example, for whoever's listening to this, if, if, if you haven't fished the indicator line, here's an example. I mean, just last week out on the lake, We're, we're fishing, you know, a shoreline and the wind came up with a gusto. I mean, it, you know, it, it it ripped a little bit at 15, then 20, 25, 30. And at no point did we stop fishing at no, at no point did we sacrifice casting distance. Of course, of course you have to teach yourself, you know, you have to learn how to cast with the wind and utilize the wind, Mm -hmm. but no sacrifice. We're still getting yeah. out there, you know. I like we needed to hit that 40, 50, 60 foot mark. What other line can you hit that with, you know, with a, a 20 mile per hour plus win and still hit your target and still hit that zone you need to be in, you know? Um, no, without a doubt. It's fantastic. And I, I and I love the attribute of having the add-on of the motip. Um, that's something that is it's not really like broadcast, it's something that you have to be in the know or have somebody tell you and I know that's where fly shops where fly shops come in, you know, and telling you that stuff, you know, And I mean, like locally, I mean, I'll give a plug here. Like, like, let's say like, locally, we got a couple of cool shops here. We got like Mark four and strike. You got skinny over there. You walk in, Hey, I have a switch rod need some line. You know, he's going to do, he's going to pick up that box of, you know, um, you know, rod specific, uh, switch chucker and the appropriate mo tip. and same thing like with trout creek outfitters same thing you walk in there you're in truck you walk in same thing they're in the know but the problem is it's the guys will go and they'll they'll get versed on the wrong line and not to the fly shop's fault so they don't fish pyramid no you know and, and they uh, right. they're not their knowledge is like oh it's a still water hey take this still water line and they're like you know the guy comes out there and then he'll come fish with us and then he'll go why are you guys getting out there? Is there? Am I casting wrong? No, you're not casting wrong. And then they and then they look at the line, they're like, Who, hey, what do you have on there? Oh, well. Yeah. And then you explain it and they're like, holy smokes. And then I love this is my favorite thing to do, is, is to hand a rod off to somebody that's struggling. Hey, here's my switch rod. Just give this a regular, you know, a couple roll casts like you would do any other place. And they they light up. It's like a kid on Christmas. They're like, oh yeah. my gosh. They're like, dude, not only can I hit my zone, it's way less effort. Like oh, just without a doubt. It, and I think that's a key, that's another key attribute to it, is the fact that much less effort. You can let the rod do the work, put the rod in the line to work. And mm-hmm. not 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 that the indicator game is is the toughest game in the world, but if you're indicating correctly out there and you're working drifts. You're not just sitting there staring at a bobber for endless amount of time. You're, you're constantly working that you're constantly moving it in the drift, trying different depths, you know, twitching the line, this and that. So it's, it's an active, it's an active method of fishing. However, you, you can't impart those techniques successfully with an inferior line. So correct.
1: Right. And that, and that's, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's totally it. And, like, you know, going back to, you know, the fly shops and people in the know, and like I said, when this line was developed, the developed for Paramount Lake, you know, but it was a developed for the indicator game, but it was developed to be that versatile line where I can put on the different tips. So most of the people that were using this line were really swing. you know, indicator fishing, yeah, it, it was working, it, it it's meant for that, but it's also meant to throw on, you know, a T8, T11, T14 mo tip on there and get a little bit deeper. So you still have a good floating portion of the line, but then you have your sink, 10-foot sink tip that's actually getting down into the run when you're swinging through for steelhead. So, you know, what you guys are doing out there and putting that floating line, um, most shops don't associate adding a floating line, an extra floating tip to this switch checker line because they're thinking, okay, I'm going to use a switch rod and I just need to have a versatile line where okay if i wanted an indicator fish no mo tip but if i wanted to get down deep then you know i'm going to use uh, some sort of sinking tip so when they come in there and they're like hey i need a floating tip and this is what i'm doing they're like no you really need a sinking tip when they really don't know what they're actually doing with the line especially when it re- in regards to what we're talking about pyramid length so but you know coming going back to the line itself and any aspect of fly fishing and i tell this you know with the different talks that I give and um, different events that I'm at, that is the most important part of the whole outfit. It's not the reel, it's not the rod, it's the fly line. You got to have a good fly line to be able to do what you want to do. And, and out there, like this is this is a line that's gonna allow you, like you said, to get into the zone, um, to, put, to be able to put that bobber wherever you want, be able to make those long casts into the wind, Um, and there's other lines out there that can do it, but there's certain lines that actually, you know, Excel in certain conditions. And and this one does really well out there. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's degree of versatility is great because you, you, for some people, it could be a tough sell. Hey, I'm only going out to pyramid, you know, two or three times a year, you know, why should I invest the money in this, in this chucker line? And, and, I find a reasonable answer for that. And the answer is it's like, well, <laughs> don't limit yourself to, to pyramid and man, don't even right. limit yourself to, uh, you know, thinking that, Hey, this is a steelhead specific line and well, I'm not a steelheader. And it's like, well, there's a ton of other species out there that, that you can drift for that. You can indicator fish for, like you said, you can use that chucker as a backup and then have, you know, the, the sink tips on it, you know, and put bigger bugs on there and, and, man, it'd be even a great bass line, you know, for hanging a great stuff. Bass
1: line. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah. one, the bass don't care about the line, you know, and then, no. you know, especially I know in California, especially this time of year, you get the colder waters, the bass kind of freeze up and you can take a pyramid Lake technique and hang a, a leech type pattern or a big, you know, bait fish pattern under an indicator on a lake. And you could sit there and, and, and traverse that, you know, fr- uh, in front of a, Vegetation line or, or anything like that, and mm-hmm. slowly move that thing, and and boom, you know. Otherwise, you're sitting there endlessly, you know, casting, false casting, and and
1: no, yeah.
0: you know, making all this commotion, and the fish are like, "What the, what the hell's going on?" You know, versus yeah, just getting one roll out there. And I tell you what, I mean, you can get, and you could speak to this, your your roll cast ability with the right rod and line combo. It's just incredible. I mean, I I know just a flick of a wrist, you could, you could one hand, you could nearly one hand 60 foot cast. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. On a nice. what's awesome. Like you said, you know, is handing that rod off to somebody. And I always like to hand that rod off to somebody who is, you know, just learning the game. Like, you know, maybe just learned how to roll cast. Someone just new into the sport, but to be able to see them and long as they have you know, the casting motion technique down, they know how to make a roll cast and and just watching their their eyes light up like, oh my gosh, you can't believe how far that went. And I didn't do anything, you know, I just brought the rod down and forward. Uh, Yeah, it's huge. So, I mean, that that line combination with the rod, just makes it really simple and easy. And, And out there, it's like, you know, it could be where, you know, there's a good current happening where you're getting out there and your bobber's moving fairly quickly and you're picking it up and you're moving. And if you're doing that, you know for eight hours, um, you know, having something that's really easy to cast is gonna allow you to stay out there even longer, you know, the bite's good. Um, because I mean you can get worn out pretty quick. I mean I even when I go chase stripers and you're throwing singing tip lines all day long, it's like, man, you know, it starts to take wear on you a little bit. But having the right setup, you know, with that two handed um rod, you can easily just make roll cast after roll cast and, you know, feel good about what you're doing out there and don't feel Totally tired.
0: Right. And that's one of the complaints that I hear of people come back from Pyramid. They're like, man, I was out there all day and man, my arm's tired or my shoulder's tired. And I always yeah. ask, I ask them, I'm like, well, why? Well, I was casting yeah. all day. And I'm like, of course you were, but why does your arm hurt? Why does your shoulder hurt? Yeah. Well, you know, then you get the story and you're like, well, let us help you with that. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I could sit out there for, eight hours whether it's a whether it's roll casting you know or even on the strip game uh, you have the right size Mm -hmm. line and you have the right casting technique you can stay pretty fresh all day for the most part you know yeah you really can I, i
1: like this too when you talked about having you know say somebody goes out there for the first time and you know it's ideal to have a few rods Yeah, you know obviously your indicator rod your your stripping rod, um, you know, single hand rod with a shooting headline, sink tip. Um, but guys going out there and say they put their investment into a switch rod because they know that most of the game is out there um, throwing the indicator. Right. Like I you said, you're having that switch checker line out there. You can, you know, if the bite is on the strip, take out the indicator, put a sink tip on there. And now you have a sink tip line. Um, you know, sometimes you're not getting into the right zone, but at least you have some versatility with this line and you're not breaking the bank and, okay, you got to buy a second rod, got to buy a second line. Because, you know, when it comes down to it, most of the lines that we're using out there are $100 plus. You can switch sugar lines, $130 line, but it's the the best tool for the job. Right.
0: And guess what? <clears throat> Even with that sinking tip, you could still roll cast your flies out there at a good distance. In, in turn... Yeah saving yourself your arm you know you're like no all i right. all i'm doing is flicking my wrist you know or flicking casting from the elbows or you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying it's it's minimal it's 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 super minimal and right. so, so here's here's an important piece of it so someone's listening to this and they're going man this is the answer to all my problems i've been wondering on what kind of fly line to use you know i've i've, I've tried You know, a lot of guys will try upping a single hand line on a switch rod, which is a common practice, Mm -hmm. you know, but they're like, man, you know, I got a six weight, seven weight, eight weight switch rod, whatever they're using. And they're like, man, I'm lined up really high. You know, I got, Mm -hmm. I got a six weight and I got an eight weight line. I got a nine weight single hand and I still can't get it. Um, So when they look at the chucker line, what would your recommendation be? Are they, are they matching? Let's say they have. Here's one that you're familiar with. <laughs> let's say mm-hmm. they have a Reddington rod, right? Because I know yeah. you're a, you're a Reddington rep. <laughs> and so, so they have, let's say they have a dually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a seven weight. Are you how are you how are you plugging them into the right line? Are are they basing it off I have a seven weight rod? Do I get the seven weight line? Or are they matching grains? Or are they actually have to dig down and go, hey, what's the grain recommendation? on my rod. What's, what's your best point of advice there?
1: Uh, you know, with that, I, the best way to do it is just get the right line. That's rated for that rod. Meaning right. if the, you bought a seven weight dually, go get a seven weight switch shucker. I mean, there's guys that want to overload that line, um, and get an eight and that's, and that's fine. Um, when you really, it, w- what it's just going to do is just obviously going to, going to be a little bit heavier. Cause most of the casts, we only have that 25 feet, you know, plus maybe a few extra feet out there uh, of the head outside of the rod tip. So, right. I mean, that's that's where the grain weight's at in this switch chucker is at the 25-foot mark. So that's plenty enough to load that rod. You know, I mean, if you're using a really soft rod, you might want to even line down because this is a really powerful line when it comes to, um you know, grain weights for, for a seven weight, but you know, it, with most of the rods and most of the rods that people are buying are, are fairly new and, and fairly advanced where our lines that we make for Rio are going to easily match up with the number on the rod. Gotcha. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was kind of thinking like a little, a little pro tip moment here too, is if you're going to combine that Mo tip. Um, with your chucker line, you got to take that in consideration too. So I know you, you can safely get away with it, but sometimes you could run the razor's edge there. So I, I would advise just be careful with guys that try not to line up too much. Don't take a seven weight, <laughs> a seven weight rod, put an eight weight line on there, then put a out, uh, mode, right. mo, mode, tip on there. Cause I'm not saying it won't work. It's, it's going to, it's going to cast like hell. Uh, but then you you start compromising mm-hmm. the integrity of that rod no matter what no water, matter what brand because i mean what those motifs so like let's take example like the one that we prefer we use a 10 foot floating heavy mm-hmm. okay so that's going to add some significant overall grain weight to your head length you know so mm-hmm. I'm, so let's let's just say it adds 100 you know 100 on top of the uh the spec on the seven so it's like oh wow now i got that much heavier of a line so you got to take that in consideration you just don't want to go too heavy and then you want to keep right. it within that parameter of the rod because it makes it a little bit easier to pick up because it, <laughs> the heavier you get it kind of starts feeling like a like a rope you know but like you said with all these right totally well, yeah and like i fish it with softer rods you know i i, I vary in the rods that i use and the rods with a little bit faster action picking it up is no problem if it has a little bit more on that fast medium side you can definitely feel the lag on the pickup you're like oh you know still gets it out there but you're like oh man i'm I'm taxing this rod a little bit so you have to make adjustments accordingly so just take a look at your rod you know and and yeah
1: yeah that's, just that's ma- exactly it
0: make the wise choice <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i think
1: like i said the you know and and those green windows, like on that, like, you know, we're talking about the Dooley specifically. I mean, that throws a skadget head, which this chucker line is most related to. And that's like 450 to 475. And our switch chucker lines at 465. So we're right we're right in the middle, we're right in the zone that, that you need to be. And, you know, and then you add the tip onto it. the add, add some more green weight to it. But, um, you know, overall, you're going to be right in that window. And it's, like you said, with most of the rods that are going to be uh, out on the market, you're going to be right in the window of it. But yeah, I have, like I said, um, you know, there there are people that will uh, will like to, to line up and, you know, you'll, you'll get the feedback right away and you know whether it's the right thing to do or, or not the right thing to do. But yeah, I mean, for me, I always tell people it just makes it easy. Just line it up, whether it's a single hand rod, whether it's, you know, a two handed rod, just line it up to what the rod weight is and you'll
0: be fine. Right. And another key thing is, is to remember that it is in the Skagit family. So what's, what's one mm-hmm. thing that one thing that we don't do with a Skagit type line of that weight. This is a guess ready. <laughs> I'll give you the answer. We don't overhead cast it. <laughs> right? <laughs> that, totally. Yeah, yeah. That, that, That's something that uh, it, it kind of makes me vomit a little bit. You know, someone that's new to it, please keep in mind, it works best and is designed around uh, traditional two-handed casting techniques. Um, some people may refer to it as a spay-type technique. Um, right. But you're, you're roll casting and modify roll casts. And there's other things we could talk about there. But everything everything lies forward of you. That whole casting lies forward of you. And that that's probably a, a huge another piece of it is, is believe it or not, a, a safety factor. With mm-hmm. that line, especially with whether you're an advanced or a beginning angler, it keeps that rig uh, visually in front of you at all times, and it keeps your casting in front of you. Therefore, we're eliminating any hazards behind us, whether that hazard be another human, an animal, uh, obstructions on the beach line. Right. You know, we we fish rocks, we fish sand uh, water. I mean, if we have our chairs set up on a beach, let's take, uh, like North nets or South nets, you have a mm-hmm. ton of water behind you, but what that means with that ton of water right. behind you, you got people milling around doing all kinds of weird stuff behind you, or, you know, they're walking up behind you to get to their chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, so you don't have to worry about what's behind you. I mean, unless you're doing something right. wrong, you know, you're only the only time you have to worry about what's behind you If, if we're going to a strip game and then you know, now we got a a weighted sink right. line on you and then we got to do a traditional cast there's no way mm-hmm. really around that but yeah so there's a safety factor the other thing is this is what i really like about this line setup especially with the mo tip, is that you have a, a a proximity indicator so if you're out there with a guide or with a buddy and they're telling you hey get it out to 40 feet you're like well what's 40 feet mm-hmm. well now it's easily it's easily measurable because we know how much head length we have. Because what you're saying, we have right. we have about, what, 25 feet on average, like with a seven-weight line. And then you add a, a mo tip. Now we're at 35. And so that kind of gives an indicator when it changes color to that little orange indicator. You're like, okay, I'm in yeah. 35 plus, you know, feet right here. So if, I, if I'm casting from that orange point and, you know, and I have 10 feet pulled out, I know exactly how far my cast is. If I have 20 feet pulled out. Exactly. So when they say, oh, they're at 50 feet, you know, 50 feet out and running nine feet, you're like, okay, the depth thing's not a problem, but uh, 50 feet, what's that look like? Oh, I can tell right here. So it helps you keep right. in the zone, you know, without you just, you know, sitting there measuring line out and doing old school methods of- Right, measuring
1: up against your rod. Right, right. measuring against and your rod and put, yeah, and, right. and, put, and putting yeah.
0: ticks on your line, you know, like yeah. get the permanent marker out and- one dash for 10, two dashes for 20, it it gets rid of that, you know? So there's these little built-in features that aren't listed, you know, on the box or on the website, but they're, they're practical, they're practical features that you figure out as you're using it. It makes things um, a lot easier when, when you, when you get into it. So I like that. I think it's incredible. And now, so we had the regular, we had the regular, switch chucker and we have uh we also have the elite so is is maybe you can clarify that because i think people will see both on the shelves is there is there a big difference between the two
1: um yeah so we the the uh, chucker line has actually gone through three iterations um so that originally it was it was the premier switch chucker line which had Uh, monofilament core had a little bit of stretch to the line roughly about 30 percent and then it went to the in touch line which was the technology that we had with the low stretch core okay and then the um, so you might see some of those on the shelves but we've discontinued those so the one line that we have in the switch chucker family is the elite switch chucker and what makes it elite is a low stretch core so What's different from the in-touch core, as opposed to our no our now elite um, core, is is just a different uh, woven pattern. So, it's, so it's a woven core, and that is a little bit of a tighter weave. So there's a, hardly any stretch whatsoever. I mean, you can pick up the line; you can barely feel, you know, a little bit of stretch, as opposed to a premier line where you can actually see the line move in front of you. So. With that low stretch connect core plus is what we call it. Um, you just have a direct connection right to your indicator, your flies, your streamer, whatever it is. So as soon as you move the line, you move the rod. There's no stress. so it's you know automatic hook set. So when you see that indicator go down, rod tip goes up, boom, you're you know instantly connected to the fish. So and the other thing that um, completes the elite package is our ultra-slick performance, which we call our slick cast. So it's the slickest, most durable coating out on the market. And if you had both lines, an old switch sucker line, even if it was new in the box, but an older discontinued line, just automatically, just with the same exact roll cast, you'll notice 10 to 15 feet more just with our slick cast coating. That's how crazy um, slick it is, basically just goes right through the guides with no issue whatsoever so are the lines so going back to it our lead switch switch chucker is their only line that we have in that lineup
0: gotcha and that that plays a big part too especially if we're fishing colder conditions at pyramid lake if we have some ice up conditions Mm. that that slickness does help with uh getting iced up guides and whatnot it they it just Goes to the rod a lot easier, <laughs> and but yeah. but you but the you're right, yeah. But the feel, the the line feel is great. Um, and don't don't get, you know, fooled by you know the slick. Like if you, you always have hand in line or uh, line mm-hmm. in hand when you're indicator fishing, and that slickness doesn't take away from you know your personal grip on the line. It works perfectly with right. um, the equipment that you're using. However, it doesn't compromise your hand <laughs> your hand feel and your hand play on the line, um, which is
1: nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not like there's a residue or anything where, you know, your you're it on your hands, not greasy at all. It's right. just, the, it's built into the coating itself. So, yeah, it allows to strip through the guides. It allows to float higher on the water, um, less water tension. Um, and especially when you're fishing in anywhere where there's, you know, say if you're you know, on the beach and most of the time you're out on the ladders in Pyramid Lake, but if you get any grime and stuff on there, it's not going to stick to the coating gonna uh, you know add to more grit and all that stuff to it so it's going to keep the line clean slick durable um keep it from cracking it's just a good overall coating that um that they developed uh, it's been great we've actually switched all our lines over to the switch uh to this slick cast coating it has been phenomenal just like just with the distance alone
0: yeah it's great we don't get what we call like turnover hang up so when the when the lake starts turning over, regardless of what time of the year, cause it likes to puke up all kinds of vegetation and if you oh, get yeah. The, yeah, if you get the allergy or you get the plants coming up, it'll get hung up on your line. You can just keep casting. As long as it's not, you know, fouling up your rig, that stuff will usually just work itself off or just fall right off where mm-hmm. if you're using a different style line, it, it'll tend to hang up and it 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 slows you down because now you got to stop you got to get out of the fishing zone and clean your line off and worry about it tracking all the way back to your reel and you know, all that fun stuff you know so right, that's right. that that's that's totally. a big deal. Here's here's another thing to take in consideration and what most folks may not think about. If you're thinking about this line you're like hey this is a a perfect line for me. Uh you might have to there's there's a chance (laughs) you might have to up your reel size (laughs) and i laugh at that because it's a good good thing it's a good thing especially at pyramid so if you're a pyramid slash steelhead guy or whatever you're not going to get upset about moving up in your reels but for example like let's use again let's go back to like a a, a dually and a a behemoth combo Mm -hmm. Um, you have to and, and you recently did this with me because i came in when i want i i got a uh what was it the reel i was asking for you're like no way man you got to go bigger yeah.
1: no One way terminate reel.
0: right right, yeah. right right and you get the reel and you're like what am i fishing for man tuna and by the time but <laughs> by, by the time you get we well, get you get plenty of backing on there so for example on on this behemoth reel <laughs> and I'm laughing because they got, they got 200 plus yards backing on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, plus the Rio chucker and the Tip, mm-hmm. and it and fits in there nice and snug, which is nice. Exactly. And, and, and even if, even if it gets a little tight, here's one thing you have to think about is when you're fishing that majority of the time that, that head of the line is going to be out. And the only exception is going to be right. when, when you reel in to stow your rod or you're reeling in and on a fish, and mm-hmm. but you're never gonna have you're never gonna very few circumstances, if any, you're gonna have that whole whole line setup come back into your reel, other than transportation or storage. Right. So, so it's, but yeah, the bigger the bigger reel is nice. It's nice to yeah. have, yeah. And and working with a large arbor reel on that is fantastic because you get really quick line pickup. It's it and mm-hmm. it tr- it tracks nice and that's the other thing because it is bigger it does track nice in the reel, it lays itself nicely. It's not like a thinner line that could bunch up on one side. It just seems exactly to, it it side by sides itself really nice. That's great. I mean, there's all kinds of things we just keep plugging away at this, don't we? <laughs> feature right. after yeah, fe- you know, feature after and, feature.
1: <laughs> right, and to go back to it, you know, so that's a, a really good point because you know you're coming from the single hand game you know whether whatever you're doing with that trout fishing say and then you know you're going to go do some pyramid lake fishing and everybody's telling you and you got to get a switch rod so you go out and get switch rod and this is great where going into fly shops you're getting you know great information they know how the setups are going you know when you do this online um if you get a little tough because then now you're like, well, I have a seven weight switch rod, you know, I'm going to get a seven weight rod, a reel to, to go with it. Not knowing that the switch line is much thicker at the head. So it's a much thicker line than your normal seven weight line would be. And the other thing, this is the two twofold part of it, is you're efficient and 11 half foot rod. And that seven, eight reel would, would work. You'd have less backing. You have more line kind of bunched together. It's not as wide as you'd like it to be. But when you go with that 910 reel a little bit heavier, now you have a better counterbalance and that's typically what you want on these two handed rods. Cause they're so long, they're so tip heavy. You're going to counterbalance that with uh, the appropriate reel. So that weight is more in your hands as opposed to in your tip, you know, cause that's where the fatigue really comes in that. So having that larger Arbor reel, a little bit bigger enough to, you know, two hundred yards back in is great. You know, you probably will never get all two hundred yards out, but, you know, you, you have it. And it helps fill the reel up and then you put the line, you put the moat everything fits correctly, like you said. And same thing. You know, when you're reeling it back in, everything tracks. You have a smaller reel, more narrow arbor. Now you you know, say you're fighting a fish, you're bringing it in. I mean this bigger line can bunch up on one side. Um I mean there's a lot of factors that can go into you losing that fish. So having the right equipment is essential to you know having you know a completely balanced setup but also being able to function properly and you know land the fish of a lifetime which can happen out there
0: and you nailed it on the head my friend
1: 100
0: and yeah and yeah you're right about the 200 yards it you know it may seem excessive out there but here's a couple circumstances there's some 30 pound plus fish out there we know it if you get into one of those it's going to give you a ride And two, I've gone into indicator fishing. I can tell you, I've probably gone at least 100 deep into my backing on on a handful of fish. And okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've done it on foul hooks, guilty, but I've also done it on on legitimate, clean, you know, top of the jaw, top of the lip hooks. You know, you're like, oh man, Mm -hmm. I think, did I foul this thing? And he, he comes in and you're like, oh, that was just one hot fish. Yeah, so you need to yeah. have that, you need to have that, Uh, you need to have that backup. And I love the point that you made about the balance point. That's key. You're right. You have a lot of heavy line. You have a long rod. It helps balance that thing out. So you're not fighting, you're not fighting that rod all day long. Mm-hmm. You, you can just sit there and you can balance it on, you know, two fingers and it's, it's happy and you're happy. So you want, right. you want to, you want to minimize any, any frustration you have out there to any degree uh because there's other things that can frustrate you out there. There's plenty of them. Don't let it be. <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't yeah, you know
0: what I'm saying? But don't let it be don't let it be your setup. You know, don't, don't let, let it, it be. be
1: your gear. I mean, that's something you can control. You know, right. you can control your gear. You can't control the weather, you can't control, you know, a lot of other factors, but you know, be out there fully prepared. And that, that's what it comes down to. And to me in any you know, uh any species you're chasing The fly rod and anything you're doing, you know, it's the right tool for the job. And that's what what I like about the brands that I represent is, you know, we have our core family of rods, we have our specialty family of rods, and we have something for all the different niches out there in fly fishing. And sometimes, you know, you need that niche rod because you're doing something super specific and, you know, you want to have, you know, hammer when you need to drive in a nail,
0: Right, right, exactly. And hey, hey, while you're plugging it, hey, what other just just because you're here, bud, <laughs> what other, yeah, what yeah. other, what, what other brands do you do you rep out there? Because in and in, in you're repping. I mean, you're basically repping. Are you repping all of California and parts of Nevada? Yeah. So
1: my yeah. So my territory covers the Southwest, which is all of Nevada, all of California, Arizona, and I do have the Hawaiian Islands. The so. Not a whole lot happening out there, but I, but I do have some accounts, but uh, going to the list that I that I handle, so obviously Rio's one of them, mm-hmm. and Rio falls under the umbrella of the Farbank Corporation, which Correct. has Sage Rods and Reddington, rods and Gear. okay. And then I also have Fish Pond Outcast Grundon's, which is a new account for me, which has been great. Uh, Rep your water high and dry. It's a floating company. And then I also do t bore fly reels and the greeny cases, which are just hard um, TSA approved travel cases for fishing abroad. So keep all your gear nice and locked up and uh, safe. And then I also do um, some accessory brands.
0: Nice. Nice. So you're, you're basically a, (laughs) you're a one man fly shop. shop. You're a one-stop shop for a lot. Yeah. And a lot of those products you see in, in every and almost in every fly shop, regardless. I mean, there's there's more than one of those things that you just mentioned in every fly shop. So just if you're listening to this, just know that wherever you're at in California or Nevada or Arizona or Hawaii, that the guy we're talking to right now is a man behind all those brands as far as repping them, and he knows them all very, very well. Very, very well. And uh yeah. Awesome, <laughs> lots of experience yeah, too. That, I mean, that puts you across. Yeah. Well, it puts you across so many different species. Like we're sitting here talking about one lake, even though you know mm-hmm. this, it's the greatest lake, period. Well, it 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 partners up with with Jurassic as being probably one of the greatest trout lakes oh. in the world, hands down.
1: Well, I would agree. Yeah, yeah I haven't been to Jurassic. I've known several people that have gone, and the people that I compare it to Pyramid Lake. I mean it's the Jurassic of the lower forty eight. I mean this place is, is unbelievable. Now is anybody I talk to, like we mentioned before, and so you're gonna catch the biggest fish of your life. I mean I have, my biggest trout is out there. And yep. my son's biggest trout is out there and my best friend's biggest trout is out there. I mean, everybody that I I've known have had their biggest trout out of there. Right. Like it's right. it's an awesome place. And what I like about it, I mean there's there's big trout everywhere the likelihood of you catching a big trout when you, you know, spend some time out of Pyramid Lake, it, it's real. Like it's the next cast. I mean, that, that's what's so exciting about it. And then you hook into one and you're like, Oh, this is 25 inches. And then you just realize like, Oh, my biggest fish was only 20 inches, even though 25 inches is, you know, nobody's getting excited on the beach about that. But internally you're like, this is the biggest fish I've ever caught, you know, and, and yeah. uh, it's a trout. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean 100%. I mean, we recently out at at Pyramid Flyco, we had a client that came out, him and a buddy of his, and they had to divert from their original plan. I believe they're going steelhead fishing. But obviously in the past couple of days that was thwarted because the weather, I mean the oh. the flows, the flows in the river were just like no, that's not
1: oh, ridiculous. Hap- not, not happening. Yeah.
0: So they diverted at last minute. We had an opening for him and we were catching we were catching good fish. Uh you know, the the pocket size as we call them, you know, 20, 22, 24s, all great. Mm-hmm. Fun. That's an all-day fish. Can't and and yeah, you know, the reactions to that, they're like, Wow, you know, this is great, you know, but they're steelheaders at the same time, right? So they've they've right. caught some big fish. And later in the day, when things start getting real skinny, you know, the bobbers. Probably weren't dropping as fast as anyone want them to, but that's fishing, right? Mm-hmm. And, right. Him, and his, him and his buddy, we, they relocate about 100 yards down from our original spot. The next thing you know, his rod's bent and he's fighting. It's fighting. And it was Cole that was on the fish. So Cole goes out there and nets it. And that client, when that thing hits the net, his fists are in the air. He's hooting and hollering going, oh, my God. Oh my god and he's dancing around splashing around like a little kid and yeah. he got a 15 pounder a 15 pound pilot peak and yeah. that's a daymaker right there that's a daymaker oh, and, yeah. and, th- and that's a lifelong memory because i mean that's that's a great fish that's that's mm-hmm. a trophy that's a trophy fish uh i mean and but you're right it, the, the biggest trout of your lifetime is going to come out of that lake and th- and that's why we yeah. we we're, we're so we were so, we're so adamant about using the right stuff because you can come out there with whatever you have and don't get me wrong you'll catch fish you'll get out there
1: mm-hmm. but,
0: but but you'll be challenged and if if right the circumstances for that day called for having the appropriate gear and what does he have he has a switch rod and what does he have on it because at pyramid flyco all of our indicator lines every single last one of them are you guessed it rio switch chucker lines with 10 foot heavy mouth tips they're the secrets out yeah. of the bag right but that got yeah. them in the zone that got them in the zone because we're fishing the beach we're on i ain't going to give that one away but the beach we were on right <laughs> was you know had a, had a bit of a long slope to it before it hit its drop off yeah mm-hmm. and, and And in order to get into that zone where we thought the fish were at, you had to get at least 40 plus feet out there at minimum. And that wouldn't have been happening that day with a standard line between the wind and the weather, the rain, all that stuff. Um, So it led to a a successful day. So that was a key attribute, a key piece of equipment to have. So it it has, it has legitimacy. uh, And that's why we constantly use it. And that's, Man, that's why I had you on because I I can't reach enough to this line. Uh, it's it's we're just big advocates of it, and there's really nothing out there like it. I mean, you could probably put something together to get close, but you're just not going to get that distance. You're not going to get that reliability, and not and you're not right. going to you're not like you said with the elite with the elite series. You're not going to get that quick hook set, especially when you're at a long distance. If you're sixty feet plus out. Uh, last thing you want your line to do a stretch on a hook set, you know, and you can get uh, just as a positive hook set from 60 feet as you can from 30 feet.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, when you start thinking about the whole setup, you know, so yeah, you have, yeah fifty, sixty 50, 60 feet of line out indicator, then, you know, whatever the footage below that, I mean, there, there's a lot to move and pick up as you know, in a split second when that indicator goes down and be able to, you know, as soon as that rod moves, you know, you are connected to that fly. That's It's a big deal. You know, and you know, guys that are been doing a long time and they're quick, you know, but you've seen it. And you guys take beginners out there and you're like, Hey, you're down, you're down. You know, right. It's like, okay. Right. You're supposed to hook that when I said you were down the first time. Right. Um, so it's, it's uh, somebody who's not as, Quick on the reflexes, but uh this line definitely can make that up. You know, when you know, you got a fish that's you know, after the second down, you need to hook set and yep. you probably can get them? Yep,
0: yep, 100%. It's got that, it's got that bit of forgiveness in it, which is great, especially mm-hmm. for the angler that's coming out that doesn't fish pyramid all the time. Perfect, perfect. It gives you a little bit yeah. of buffer and it, and it, like I said, it works for everyone whether beginner or advanced alike it's it's got its attributes that fit everyone so i love it i love it i love it um i gotta switch gears here though this is one of the most significant parts of the podcast and everybody i'll tell you what i got i mean i don't know if you can hear this i got stacks of paper here with people just you know uh excited about this podcast because they knew alex was going to come on and the number one question I mean, believe it or not, the number two question is like, you know, tell us more about the chucker line, what makes it great. But the number one question is uh they want to know. I got it written down here, what is Alex's favorite burrito and why? Here in California, come on, man, you have a killer burrito somewhere out there. Maybe north do, and maybe and- north north and south, because you were down, you were down in, in SoCal, so this is it's like. I know that makes it difficult, but even I'll, in North I'll, Cal-
1: I'll give you north and south for sure. Let's go. Um <laughs> and, and north will will probably blow blow you away. But the best <laughs> burrito that I've had in Northern California is a breakfast burrito, and it is at Stellar Brew in Mammoth. Oh really? And it's not a it's a coffee shop. Oh but my goodness. Something that they do and they make these small breakfast burritos and you can get them. It's like bacon and egg, chorizo, whatever. Mm. But they, they you know, we, I've, we've tried to deconstruct this thing, like how they do it. I think they cook it in a cast iron skillet and they just, it's just got all the flavor just mixed in. It's a perfect ratio of eggs, potatoes, and bacon, cheese. And it's like every bite is so good. And there's not like something heavy on one side or not on the other it's the perfect best burrito I've ever had, breakfast style. Best burrito Southern California is in Vista, where my buddy Dave lives. Um, called Oscars. So I, I mean, every time I go there, I'll go get me, and it's carnitas. I mean, they make they make fantastic burritos either way. But it's a small little, you know, drive-through taqueria, but legit. I mean, there's there I mean, I got a top five, but I mean, those are the top two right there. That's where to go. Really. Yeah, man. Really,
0: really. So you did perk my interest when you also said that that Stellar has a, a chorizo offering. Uh, I mean, would you pick? I know this can be a tough one, man. But would you would you trade that off for the bacon? Would you say the chorizo is in its own league, or would it would it would it excel against it's bacon? Oh, it's just it's, I go with the
1: bacon. You just go yeah. with the bacon. Really interesting, yeah. huh? Yeah, uh. I mean the chorizo is good. Like it yeah. and you'll see like it I think it's a toss up because with the wild it's not made to order, like they're just sitting there in a little heat box oh. you know, and you'll see like all the bacons are gone, you know you might have i would say bacons go first, is the second, they even make one for the vegetarians, and I think there's um I think there's one more in there, and I can't remember what it is, but um I mean when I'm there i'll go and i'll eat it every day i'll just go grab a coffee grab a burrito and it's perfect because you can grab it and then hit the river you know and fish and uh it's perfect but it's crazy like you know you get one you're like man this is the best (laughs) fruit i've ever had next time i'm gonna get two because they're really not that big it's like one is the perfect meal the perfect meal
0: do you uh do you use do you use the burrito pocket on your waiters
1: I, you know, I I have bibs that has a cool little Bruto pocket and uh, yeah, I'll use it for that. You know what I'm I'm talking
0: about? They, yeah, I think I mentioned this. I bring this up in quite a few podcasts, but there's this misleading notion about the quote unquote hand warmer on a, yeah on a waiter (laughs) being a hand warmer. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? It's like, Yeah. Like you said, you you go into the coffee shop. Yeah. You put your burrito in there. (laughs) If it's wrapped in foil, maybe, you know, you kind of, it's kind of pressed against your body a little bit, kind of keeping it reasonably warm. You could, now you can use at this point, you could use the burrito as a hand warmer. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, But my question is like, say if you're in, in Vista and you get one of these carnitas burritos, which is by the way, My favorite burrito ever. Uh, I haven't been to Oscars, but I always chase them down. I try to find there's a few places I found one in particular, northern Nevada, that has one that's it's it's like what you would find down there, which is hard to find. But okay, you're in Vista. Let's say you're like, Oh, we're gonna go fishing. You're in a weird circumstance to where you want to take that fishing and you potentially shed a burrito pocket because you're potentially like, let's say if you go surf fishing. You're not wearing yeah. waders. I mean, maybe you are. I don't know, but I don't think you
1: are. In the wintertime, yeah.
0: In the wintertime, maybe. But, I mean, do you have yeah. to, like, adjust your regular clothing to make sure that you have uh, a reasonable uh, accommodation for that carnitas burrito? Or is it that good? Oh, it just doesn't sure. make
1: or doesn't make it there? Does it even make it to the beach? <laughs> Actually, it the doesn't thing. make it. It See, okay. does not make it. All right. It's usually that, after, you know, so we'll... Uh, uh, typically when I'm fishing down there, it's an early morning game. So mm-hmm. we hit that first thing fish, you know, to a midday and then boom, hit Oscars. Right. And, but I mean, Southern California is full on, but that's North North County. Like if you're yeah. fishing North County and. and right. Back, Oscars, right.
0: Right. Right. You know. Yeah. There's a couple of places I could remember down there when I was, when I was in the Marine Corps, There's a couple of places that I favor. There's one in Dana point. I don't even know if the place had a name. It was just off this side street and nothing was in English and mm. um, which is the best well, okay, English was a second language everything was in yeah everything was in Spanish and then it had in small um uh the, the breakdown in English and small letters and uh I mean they had everything like super authentic like even lengua. you know, they had the tongue, mm. they had the tripe they had yeah. like all of it, all of it like you're just like, oh and so you systematically go through. And eat all of them, and they're all equally as good in their own right. Um, yeah. And then, and then Oceanside had one as well, but yeah, I mean, it's just. But see, that ruins you because when you relocate north, it becomes a little bit more difficult. And especially, I think you have a little bit more easygoing because you're still you're still in California. Uh, being in Nevada, which fucking fantastic state, but it's not yeah. so fantastic for food. <laughs> 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 and, and and you know i mean sorry i mean there's there's some good stuff out there but your your variety is is limited and it's hard to find yeah hard you know hardcore authentic stuff and that that stuff i would
1: agree i didn't i haven't found anything so i'm going to have to hit up your arena spot because i haven't found a mexican place yet to go visit
0: it's tough it's tough and a lot of the um uh, <laughs> uh i don't I know they should Okay, so a lot of the Mexican places out here are uh they're uh, they're, they're whitewashed. I hate to use that terminology, but yeah. it's it's it, it no, is I know what you're talking you, about. you know, you know you're finding elements like shredded lettuce and cheddar cheese and that's just that's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. And I'm like, <laughs> "No, I mean that's that's what Taco Bell and Del Taco are for. If you're if you're right. if you're setting up a shop, you got to go authentic. If if you're putting anything in my burrito, it's 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 gotta be cilantro it's gotta be onions it, i can't i can't have and i can't have the fillers that's it
1: i can't have no. the fillers no no that's exactly it. so that's what osters is great i mean it's it's the meat i mean you can have all the stuff too but that's what i get it's garnitas little onion little cilantro and the hottest salsa you got and call good it's uh, like yeah. greasy, awesome the best but yeah never beans never rice in my burrito this doesn't work
0: right right hey I, this is going to be an off question, but what do they wrap? Yeah. the? Uh, so in Oscars, what do they wrap the burrito in? Do you remember? Is it paper? Mm-hmm. Is it foil? Is it wrapped? I know, I know it's in a tortilla. It's in foil. I see what they're doing.
1: Oh, okay. uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's foil. It might be oh, foil. Yeah, it could be foil. But I would say some of the best places it has when they wrap it in paper. Oh, yeah. It's like... Oh yeah. It's because well good.
0: Right. And it allows. So here's the key thing about paper. It, it allows the that burrito to breathe a little bit. Especially when you mm-hmm. have when especially especially if you have like a traditional, like legit Mexican style tortilla happening where it's it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 uh what do you say? They <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's so funny because they add flour just enough to break the lard in it. You know, so it's like there's more lard than flour. So it has a transparency to it. But all that goodness Mm -hmm. kind of starts seeping out, but it seeps out with without compromising the integrity of the burrito most of the time. I mean, you occasionally have a little bit of a blowout. But yeah, when you have that paper, all that goodness seeps through into the paper. And it's like the the paper and the tortilla are almost like the same. The color spectrum with the transp the, the transparency <laughs> of the grease coming through, you're right. like, I can't tell the difference between the paper and the tortilla. I'm at the right place. I'm yeah. at the, I'm at the right
1: exactly place. <laughs> That's exactly so, it, man. You got to find them, dude. I mean, we've we just came back from we were talking about steelhead, so we were up in Humboldt. We were actually mushroom hunting because the rivers were totally chocolate milk. Um, but we had gone to a place that somebody had mentioned for. Mexican food. And it was great. I mean, it was a market. They had the Mexican sweetbreads. They had, you know, we got some tacos. It's good. And like, I mean, like they're, they're all good, yeah. but there's ones that just take it over the top that are great. And like some of them could be wagons. I mean, I've, I've just recently come across this one in Maryville when we head up and fish those lower foothills. It's probably one of the best taco trucks I've had. Um, it's crazy. Garnitas, they do Cabeza, They yeah, they do the exotics, and it is just greasy, good, just flavorful. Yeah, I mean they're using lard. That's oh yeah, that's what needs to be done. Yeah, uh, well and you
0: know, I know, and you know you're in a legitimate location when you see the Cabeza, You know when yeah. you see when you see beef cheek, when you see Langua. Yeah, you're like oh that's dude, exactly it's exactly it. it. You're it's on. It's on. like no question about yeah. it. You're like dude, it, it's on, it's on. I'm at the right place. Oh, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you, you got to make a choice. You know, so my dad, he, one of his good friends owns a restaurant where I grew up and great restaurant. I mean, good, authentic food, but it is, like you said, whitewashed. And my dad goes like, Ooh, why don't you have Lengua? Why don't you have you know all this stuff? He goes, I won't sell it. He goes the main people that come through, cause he's in a, in, in a downtown location and you know, it's a high traffic area and you get, you know, wide spectrum of people, right? And that stuff just won't sell. No, you know? it's no, it's no, right? So no, I get it. A, he's got to cater to his customers, which I totally get too. Yeah, that's exactly yep. it. So for me, it's like every time I go to a place, and yeah, one, if I see it, what's on the menu, or two, if I walk in and there's another Mexican's in there, and the music is super loud, which you can't even talk to people, then I'm like, hey, we're in the right spot. <laughs> so these, these people, <laughs> they're playing yep. their own music. I don't give right. a shit how loud it is, and. uh, you're going to have some of the best food ever.
0: Yep. Great. Yep. 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 There, there is one place in Reno. I think it's, it's Marietta's. So it, yeah, it does have to, to cater to a certain crowd, but there is one thing mm-hmm. on the menu that tells me if you ask them on the side to do something legit for you, because they do have, they do have goat on the menu. So oh. it's, it's, so it's okay. their, so it's their Berea plate, which, yeah, which, right. which, which traditionally when you see Berea, you're like. Oh, dude, it has to be goat, but most people are using something else. They're using beef or or beef. something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, totally. but, the, yeah. but this is like legitimate goat, and you're like, dude, they went, they went the extra mile, and got they goat. Did. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, goat, and it's like, well, people don't realize like goat, goat is that that's something that's eaten around the world, except for the U.S. Totally, it's it's a small thing here, but every you, you leave the border, you go you go to our southern border. And everything south, all the way down, I mean, and all the way down to Patagonia, all the way down through Central America, goat's a thing, period. It is. Goat and totally. lamb. It's yeah. a thing, it's a thing, it's a thing. You <laughs> that's <know>? exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it's Yeah, like... that's what my dad does, man. If he ever <laughs> finds it, yep.
1: like goat heads, you know, cooking in the oven.
0: It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, all right, man. I, I don't want to get too far in the burrito talk because... Um, <laughs>
1: We can go all Which, day. Dude. We can go all I'm day on the burrito. Th- well, no, it's, it. no, it's
0: yeah. it's no, it's awesome, <laughs> and I think it's just it's just one of the most important exclusive pieces. I think of any fly fishing trip or any outdoor adventure is, is is the food piece because food can make or break uh, a day on the water. You can have a crappy day on the water, but I mean, if you happen to have a breakfast burrito while you're fishing the Upper Owens and Mammoth from was that Stellar Brew you're golden. You're like, yeah. Oh, whatever. I had a good burrito, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or you're totally. going, right. Right. You know, or you're going for Corbina down in Vista in the winter and you just don't get into them. Hey, at least you had a carnitas burrito. I mean, you know, so I mean, yeah. whatever.
1: <laughs> totally. That's exactly it, man. We're speaking the same language. I love sure. it.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk more about the, the Rio chucker line and, and the Mo tip and its applications and everything that, that we use it for Uh, your insight has been extremely helpful. And I hope everyone that's listened has learned something about it. Maybe they can maybe up their pyramid Lake game, or they're not even a pyramid Lake uh, fisherman, Maybe they can apply it to their local water, their local river or their Mm. next steelhead chase. I think it would go a long way. And if, If you have if you have any questions about this, I mean, go Alex services every fly shop pretty much on the on the Southwest corridor out here in the U.S. So um, if if you are going into your fly shop and you are in an area where this isn't familiar and you are taking a trip to Pyramid Lake, just refer to this podcast. It's everything you need to know. And if your retailer has a question about it, please just tell them to reach out to Alex and they'll know who he is. Just say, Alex, told me to get this. And they'll probably call him and be like, "What the hell?" And then he'll tell yeah. them, and then, they'll, then, <laughs> right. then, then then they'll hand you the right thing. So it makes everyone makes everyone happy. So you get your line and 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 all that. So awesome. Uh, and and real quick, uh, if they want to look up the specs for this, what's the what's the website they can go? Is is it? Can they go directly to Rio or they, go to Farbanks if they want to read the specs on yeah.
1: this? Yeah, you can actually type in Rio products, um, and it's going to direct you to farbank.com. So everything, the best way to do it is just to go to farbank. It's F A R B A N K.com. Okay. And those will have all three brands, Sage Redington, Rio, and then just click on Rio and that's a chock full of information. So there's a lot of great stuff in there for any line, any, you know, rod, real gear you're looking for get a lot of good detail on there. And the only thing that I recommend is, you know, use this for, uh, education purposes and go visit a local fly shop and, uh, you know, give your business to them. That's what keeps us going.
0: Absolutely. No, that's the best way to do it because guess what they can do? They can give you a reel and guess what they can do. They can load it up with backing and get that all set up for you. Exactly. So you, you don't want to do that at home. It's a pain in the butt. I do it all the no, time. You
1: get that personal, Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. You get that personal touch. You get the, you know, information, you get what's biting, you know, you just build this really good, um, you know, relationship with with your local dealer and the people around there, and yeah, it's just a good community to be around.
0: Right? No, absolutely. And and again, it always thank you for your support of of Pyramid Flyco. Co. All my boys and our whole team are big proponents of this line. We wouldn't steer anybody in the wrong direction. So it's it's a piece of what helps us be successful out there, and most importantly, it helps our clients to come out to have fun and that's the number thing number one thing we like to do is have fun and if we had any other line we probably wouldn't be having as much fun at at all (laughs) we'd be partially miserable (laughs) it'd be tough (laughs) it'd be tough so anyway all right well again alex thank you so much and until next time tight lines La, la ah, ready. Sweetie, you